But uh, I'm going to bring a two-part message starting this morning on how you can know the will of God. One of the main questions that pastors are asked over the years is, how can I know the will of God? How can I tap into what God wants to do in my life? I believe with all of my heart that the information that you're going to receive these next couple of weeks will be information inspired by the Holy Spirit and that He will help you to see and to know even clearer the will of God for your life. And we are now going to go ahead and dismiss Junior High if you are dismissible. You know, a governing principle in the life of the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, is that He was entirely committed to the will of God. You know, you can think of several scriptures. I think of John 5.19, where Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself, but whatever I see the Father do, that's what I will do. He said, furthermore, that I didn't come to do my own will or my own thing, but I came down from heaven to do the will of the Father that sent me. Jesus said, I do not speak on my own authority. But it is the Father who dwells in me. He it is that is doing the works. He was sold out to the point of giving His entire life on Calvary's cross for you and for me. And we need to then follow His example. I believe this, that there are people here this morning that you may be partially committed to the will of God. And that's commendable. And I understand that people are on different levels of growth. And I know that many times that it's step by step, precept by precept. But I believe that by the end of this teaching, you're going to have a heart desire to go all the way with God. Where you're going to be totally committed to the will of God and to the plan of God. Can I hear an amen? One thing we know for sure, we have His Word. The Bible says that He will lead us and guide us, does it not? The Bible says our steps can be and are ordered by the Lord. Isaiah 48, 17 says that He is our Lord. He is our Redeemer. He is the Holy One of Israel. He says, I am the Lord your God and I'm teaching you to profit and I will lead you in the way that you should go. Amen. And if you're overly warm today, guys, it's okay. You don't have to worry about me. You can get some air rolling in here. Hallelujah. All right. How do we know God's will? How do we tap into the will, to the plan of God? How does God lead us? Well, number one, God leads you and I through the B-I-B-L-E. You know, if you can find it in the Word... If you can see what the Word plainly teaches us what to do, then we've got our guidance. I don't have to pray about forgiving. I don't have to pray about walking in love. I don't have to pray about going to church. I don't have to pray, should I give, should I not give? These are kingdom principles. We are in a kingdom of love. Throughout the whole Bible, the principle of love is shown. God is love. His love is shed abroad in our heart. It says, be kind to one another. I don't have to pray about loving you. It might be a stretch sometime. 
You don't have to pray about loving me. No, what we need to do is perfect the love of God that's already on the inside of us. I don't have to pray about giving. The kingdom is a kingdom of giving. God so loved the world that He gave. Amen? I believe that God has put something on the inside of you for you to give out. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about of your time. I'm talking about the giftings and the talents that He's placed on the inside of you. What are we doing with what God has given to us? We don't want to be like the Dead Sea where we only have income but no outgo. And I believe that's why a lot of Christians grow stagnant and dull and spiritually sleepy in life is because they've let their talents be hidden. Are you listening to this full gospel preacher today? But you see, God will lead you through the Bible. And I want us to look at some scriptures today. Okay, so let's look at Psalms 119. And let's look at verses 104 through 106. Psalms 119, verses 104 through verses 106. You know, Psalms 119, I think it's the longest chapter in the Bible. It is the longest chapter in the Bible. In verse 104, it says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Look at this in Psalm 105, uh, verse 105. Thy word, it's a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. So God's word is light. It's a lamp to us. It it guides us. You know, in verse 130 of that same chapter, he said that the entrance of his word gives light. See, oftentimes people are looking for light in dark situations. And Jesus said to take heed that the light that is in you be not darkness. The Word of God will only guide you and help you as you allow it to enter you. If this Word is just sitting on your coffee table collecting dust, yes, it's full of light, but it isn't in you. We've got to get that Word off the coffee table into us so that the light of God can be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This Word will show you how to be a good husband. This Word will show you how to be a good wife. The entrance of His Word, it gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I qualified. How about you? The eyes of our heart have the ability to be flooded with the light of truth of the gospel. You know, a lot of Christians, they're waiting on a word. And I think sometimes, you know, they just need to get, well, I need to be led. I need to be led. I think sometimes they need just to get the lead out. (laughs) Don't wait on a word when you already have one. Now listen to this statement. A person that is really spiritual and is led by the Spirit of God is always subject to the word. You'll hear people say things like, well, I know what the Bible says, pastor, but. 
I know that the Bible says give, but the Lord told me it was okay for me to take all I have and spend it on me. See, thinking they have light, but really that's darkness. Well, you know, I know the Word of God says, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, we're not to uh, leave our husband, leave our wife, but... Now, I understand this. I'm not an ignoramus. You're not looking at a fool up here. I understand that in many situations, divorce is inevitable. Because someone is abusive or is out sleeping around. Old dog. I understand that. But you don't just go file for a divorce just because perhaps your husband's gained some inches. You don't go file for a divorce because you got married over in 1960 and you're looking at new models. Come on, let's just be honest about it. Well, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but the Lord told me it's okay. Lion devil. It's not okay. And you can't put the Lord out in front of your ignorance. Better way to say it is you can't put the Lord out in front of your deception. Amen. Whatever the word says, the word of God must be our final authority. So number one, he leads us through the Bible. I submit to you, get in the Bible. And a lot of your confusion will leave. See, God's not the author of confusion. If you're walking around in life confused, it's because you don't have light. Open up the Bible. He'll take the scales off your eyes. And you'll begin to see things you've never seen before. He'll give you a vision. Number two, God leads you and God leads us through integrity. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3. I want you to notice that with me. Proverbs the 11th chapter, verse 3. It says that the integrity, everyone say integrity. Integrity. Now, what will the integrity of the upright do? It will guide them. So, there are some things you do just because it's the right thing to do. Is that right? Honesty and integrity just require that you do certain things. How many remember years ago when you'd go to the bank and you'd drive up and they had that little tube that they would give you your money in, your deposit? A friend of mine drove up. This was in the 70s. They didn't have any money. They were just getting started in life and in ministry. And that tube was there and had $20 in it. You know, some Christians would say, Oh, Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> you know, three Shandays and a Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord provided today. No, that's not the Lord. That's not some angel putting money in your pocket. That money belongeth to the banketh. And the integrity of the upright is going to... You don't even need to pray about stuff like that. Just do the right thing. In life, there's some things that are right. And in life, there are things that are just wrong. 
Sometimes in meetings, you know, I kid around a lot. I, I, got a, I believe I've got a good sense of humor, by God's grace. And some of the, Ingrid especially, she'll look at me sometimes and say, Pastor, you're wrong. Because we'll be cutting up, you know. But in life, there's things that are right. And there are things that are wrong. And I tell you what, if it's gray, stay away. Woo. I said, if it's gray, stay away. How do you know what's right? You know what's right. You know what's right in your heart. And you know what's right in the Word. And if it's not in the Word, He's given you a safe guide. You know who He is? He's the Holy Spirit. And He'll witness to your spirit what's right and what's wrong. Some of the things that people do, they wouldn't have done if they would have just done the right thing. It's foolish to marry someone that's not a believer. Who even may go to the altar and chirp a little prayer. And say, Jesus is Lord, but they only did it so you'd marry him. Now, I know I'm preaching good now. Just That's not right. Look, if he ain't right now, what makes you think he's going to be right after you say, I do? going to be worse. Well, moving right along. Hey, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> How about debt? You know, one individual, you know, he owed some money and, and he claimed that God told him not to pay it. That's wrong. The Bible says, pay what Yo! Martin Luther King said it like this. God doesn't give specific directions that contradict His Word or that contradict integrity. The time is always right to do what is right. John Maxwell said, Imagine our image is what people think we are, but integrity is what we really are. Amen? That's what integrity is. And so... You're going to be guided in life through the Word. You're going to be guided in life by integrity. Here's another one. Number three. God will lead you and God will lead me through wisdom and also through just common sense. There's a lot of situations in life. You know, when the light is green, go. When it's red, stop. When God says, go, go. When God says, stop, stop. When God says, yellow, proceed with caution, be very watchful and be alert. Common sense. Look at uh, John chapter 7, verse 1. And I, I want you to pull this up in the NIV if you would. Use common sense. Use wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Thank you, Father, for wisdom. You know, in this day and this hour, we need to be very aware of our surroundings. You know what's going on in the world, don't you? There's two kingdoms approaching very quickly. One is the kingdom of God, and the other is the kingdom of darkness. These are perilous. These are troubled times. 
Don't help the enemy along by not being aware of the day and the hour in which you live. If there was ever a day to live in the 91st Psalm, it's today. The 91st Psalm was not meant just to be on the wall. The 91st Psalm was meant to be in your heart. The 91st Psalm says that we will say of the Lord that He's our refuge. He's our fortress. He's our God. And in Him we will confidently trust. The 91st Psalm says that we we dwell in the secret place of the Most High and we make the Lord, even the Most High, our habitation. Then and only then shall no evil befall us. Are you listening to me? There's going to be more earthquakes. There's going to be more tragedy in the world. You make sure that you, thus saith the Lord, say daily, I'm always in the right place. I'm always in the right place at the right time. Say it strong now. I'm always in the right place at the right time. Our heart goes out to Japan. Our heart goes out to New Orleans. Our heart goes out to people like that. We'll help them. We want to bless them. But you and I, we must be very alert in this hour in which we live. I'm serious. The safest place in the world is in the will of God. The safest place in this old world that is groaning and waiting for its redemption is in the perfect will of God. So you must know the will of God and you must strive for the will of God and you must fight To stay in the will of God. And anything that says different, you say, no, I am sold out a child of the king. Amen. Hallelujah. Be in the word. That's being in the right place. Be in prayer. That's being in the right place. That is the secret place. When we live in that place of safety, there shall no weapons, there shall no tragedies, accidents, anything that is under the curse will be able to overtake you. That's what the Lord is saying. For I have set up in these last days my special agents, my angels, I give charge over you to protect you, to keep you, to teach you to profit. So stay in that secret place and stay in my word and stay in the will of God. And so light shall be in your dwelling place. And that which is coming on the world will not come upon you. That's what God is saying. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Plead the blood. We're flying home from London on 
I don't know what day. Who knows? Who cares? Friday. Eleven hour flight. And we're there. And all of a sudden, the jet starts going foom, 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 foom. Not thousands of feet, but it would get your attention. And I immediately turned off my movie. <laughs> and started praying in tongues. But it wasn't a nervous prayer, it was a prayer of authority. And we just held each other's hand and we knew we were in the will of God. And because we were in the will of God, this ship would take us to the other side. Come on, saints. Hallelujah. You may live in a very difficult area, a very tough neighborhood. But if you're in the will of God, you can stand on your covenant. I said you can stand on your covenant. Use wisdom. Use common sense. You know, I tell Brenda, I don't want you going to the grocery store after dark. You know what that's like? That's like talking to somebody who doesn't want to do it. But she's being trained. You know? She had me whipped into shape after 10 years. It's taken me about 33 to get her. No, use common sense. Use your, use your brain. Use your mind. And if you get little checks in your spirit, I'm not to go here and, you know what, I can do that later. I, that doesn't need to be done now. See, the devil is in the business of hurry, hurry, hurry. Worry, worry, worry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. That's where he lives. But in Christ, there's a rest. I think I'll get that in and out burger in a couple hours. I think I'll go this way home tonight. You know what I think I'll do? I think I'll go check on the kids. Yeah, you had a date with your husband, a date with your wife, but your teenage kids are home and you, all of a sudden your spirit, I think I better go check on them. I don't have to say any more, do I? Obey the leadings. Obey the promptings of the spirit. Use common sense. You know, there is the, there's the supernatural to life. And then there's the natural to life. And we should expect the supernatural. But we're not going to always live in the realm of the spectacular. There are some things and decisions that God just leaves up to you. Did you know that? Let me give you an example of that real quickly. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 10. John 7, 1, you know... It says that Jesus, he went around in Galilee and he purposely stayed away from Judea because the Jews were there waiting to take his life. So he went another way. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6 and 7. Now this shows how that the supernatural works together with the natural. It says, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them. And you will be turned into another man. Now this describes a dynamic, supernatural experience. Come on. How many of you have ever had the Holy Ghost just come upon you? And you were able to say things you didn't think of. And you were able to do things that you never dreamed you could do. 
I mean, you may be having lunch with someone and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. And you're not using Elizabethan language and saying thee, thou, and thus saith the Lord. But you know the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom and God's words of grace are flowing through you. That's the supernatural turning you into another man. Now notice this with me. Verse 7. And let it be. Everyone say, let it be. Let it be when these signs come to you that you just do as the occasion demands. Why? Because God is with you. Now this describes to me and you the the benefit of using common sense. The Amplified says this, Do as the occasion serves you, for God's with you. Do whatever you find to be done. Or another still says, Do whatever your hand finds to do. Today's Living Bible says, Your decisions should be based on whatever seems best under the circumstances. For what? For the Lord will guide you. Is that not common sense? You know, another thing that I've discovered, and we're going to talk quite a bit next week, about that God will lead us by the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's a very important piece, the most important. But I wanted to cover some of these other things to to provoke your thinking and get you to take a real serious look. Are you using wisdom? Are you using common sense? Another one is, are you benefiting from the advice of others? You know, there's people that have been on this earth longer than you. There's people that have been on this earth longer than me. There are people that have expertise in areas of business, in areas of accounting, in areas of legalities that are not necessarily Christian. Come on, somebody. Somebody says, I'm not going to go talk to that lawyer. They don't have a fish on their lapel. (laughs) You know what that fish on the lapel sometimes means in sometimes Christian business people? means you're about to get hooked. I'm serious. If I ever got in trouble, I'm not sure I want a Christian lawyer. I may get one. Just give me a good fighting Jew. Give me somebody that's going to help me. You can benefit from the wisdom of others. You can benefit from the advice of others. Are you still tracking with me today? Come on now. He will lead you. See, the problem is, some people never go to anybody for advice. The other side of the ditch is, some people go to everybody. There are some that are just so independent and so proud to the point that they're obstinate about it. Let's look at some scriptures. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Let's look at that. Proverbs eleven fourteen. I know that our people up in the booth are tracking with us and they're doing a great job today. Look at this scripture. It says, Where there is no counsel, the people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Look at Proverbs thirteen and verse ten. You might as well just forget trying to, you know, go through your pages. 
In Proverbs 13, verse 10, it says, By pride comes nothing but strife. But with what? But with with the well-advised, there is wisdom. If you're just looking to your group that always says yes to every idea you have, you're missing it. You sure don't want to go around a bunch of rebels and people are going to shoot down everything you say. But there's wisdom out there. There's wisdom that you can glean. There's wisdom that you can get. Amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Proverbs 15, 22. This is talking about getting good advice, getting good counsel from good advisors. In Proverbs 15, 22, it says, Without counsel, what happens to our plans? Here, here's the, the deal. Here's the bottom line. There's a lot of people that are very visionary. And they see the big picture. And they know how to lay a vision out. But they're not organized. And they have no nuts and bolts about them. They know what they want to do, but they don't know how to get there. Anybody ever been there? That's why it is so vital and so important to have people around you on your team that can help you get to where God wants you to go. And that's why we have a ministry here. This is not the Mark and Brenda Thomas show. It's not. That's why we have teams with team leaders. And we've adopted this phrase for team. That means together experiencing a ministry. Amen. What's God put in your heart? Are you a visionary? Are you flying by the seat of your pants? Are you overcommitted? Listen very carefully. It's important that the plans and purposes of God succeed. But you're going to need help to get her done. Amen. Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18. Proverbs 20, verse 18. says, plans are established by what? By wise counsel. What do we do? We wage war. Now, you're aware of the fact that there has been some bombings taking place where? In Libya. Okay? Now, whether or not you agree with that, that isn't the case. Whether or not you be repub or dem, that is not the case. But the principle is this, is that the USA did not do that independently. They did that in coalition with other nations. And so the war has been waged by gathering themselves together, putting their hearts and their heads together. Whether you agree with it or not, the principle is there. Look at Proverbs 24 and verse 6. Proverbs 24 and verse 6. Now you don't want to become overly dependent on people. Because if you become overly dependent on people, you'll get extremely confused. Amen. Proverbs 24, verse 6 says, Ready, read. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war, 
and in a multitude of counselors, there's what? There's safety. Now let's pull this one up in the NIV, Proverbs 14, verse 15. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 15 in the New International Version. So get the advice that you need, and then underneath all of it, and first and foremost, get the counsel you need, but then line it up with what you have in your own heart. Does it witness with your spirit? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're what? They're the mature sons of God. Look at this one. It says in Proverbs 14, 15, A simple man believes anything. But a prudent man, what does he do? He gives thoughts to his steps. He gives thoughts to his steps. Now, it's important to be teachable. It's important to listen. It's important to be courteous as people are speaking to you once you've gone to them for advice. How many of you know that Moses had quite a ministry? Moses was powerfully used of God, was he not? I mean, he was called on God to set the children of Israel free from Egyptian bondage. And Moses had a face-to-face relationship with the Father. And Moses had miracles. I mean, Moses saw the glory of God come on the scene. Right there in the wilderness. He saw his wonders in the deep. He saw great things. Then Moses' in-laws show up. How many of you ever had your in-laws show up and give you some unwanted advice? Are you here today or are you already at the restaurant? Oh, I see. Your in-laws are with you. Okay. But I can always tell when my advice is not wanted by one of my sons. They start looking for dimes. They start looking around. They get get this kind of look on their face. Dad, my wife's with me. Really, we don't have any difficulties. But, you know, in-laws are just kind of like that. When in-laws come, it seems like many times they come to stay and they never leave. Well, Moses had an in-law from the south. He's from Tennessee. His name is Jethro. And Jethro saw, he saw what Moses was doing, I mean, all day long. Moses was burning the candle at both ends. He was up giving advice. He was counseling. He was praying. He was doing everything that a good pastor should do over three or four million people. And I imagine that white hair that Moses had probably happened at a very early age. Just kidding. But he's just, I mean, he's... He's doing it, man. And Jethro, the house guest, says, Boa, the thing that you're doing, it's not good. 
The thing you're doing, it's not smart. Now, here's what you should do. Here's the advice that I give you. Then he gave him a plan. He said, delegate these smaller things to these captains and delegate these things to those captains. And the things that are large and the things that are big and the things that no one else can make a decision about, you go ahead and do that. Moses did not put his fork down and say, Jethro, I got a thing or two to tell you. I'm the man. You see all these people? They were set free under my command. You see that quail raining down from heaven? You see all these miracles that happen? Listen, I know the man. I got a one-to-one with him. I got his 411. Me and the man, we hooked up. That was not Moses' attitude. But it is the attitude of a lot of Christians today. So full of pride. So proud. And so obstinate. That they won't listen to anything. Unless it comes by an angel. Or unless there's some sort of supernatural visitation. You know, really, if you study it out, supernatural visitations and supernatural guidance in the book of Acts was given for one of two reasons. Number one, they were either too dumb to pick up on it. (laughs) Or number two, there was such difficulty ahead for them that God wanted them to be prepared for it. But you know, that's not the number one that God's way of leading us today. He leads us by the inward witness. So notice with me, in closing today, notice what Moses' attitude was. Exodus 18, verse 24. Exodus 18, verse 24, it says, So Moses kicked his father-in-law out. No, here's what Moses did. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law, and he did all that he said. Listen, friends, God is going to bring people into your lives. I can almost say this prophetically. He's going to bring people into your lives. They're going to come alongside of you and they're going to help you. Be open to the help that God sends to you. Be open to a word in season that God will bring through people of seasoned lives. Open up your heart to the Bible. Live and walk in integrity. Amen? And be a person that is open and teachable. And you'll be well on your way to walking in the perfect will of God. Amen? Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for what has happened in this service. And what is still to come. We thank you for moving by your spirit this morning. We thank you for understanding of the scriptures. 
We thank you for bringing your people into a place of full and total commitment to the will of God. Lord, we say as Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, let it not be my will anymore. But Lord, your will be done in my life. If you're here this morning and you say to me, Pastor Mark, you know what? I've been doing my own thing. And today is a day that I want to turn my life over to Jesus Christ. I want to give him the control of my life. You're saying today, Pastor, pray for me. I've had my hands on the reins for too long. I'm ready to let the captain of my salvation become my captain and lead me and guide me. We're going to pray in just a moment. For people that have said that in their hearts, and you know in your heart that there's a commitment that must be made and should be made. You're here this morning, you want prayer, and you say, yes, pray for me. All over the auditorium, those that want prayer in that regard, raise your hand right now, all over this place. Go ahead, yes, yes, all over this auditorium. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Anyone else? Say, yes, I'm going to pray. We're going to pray. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready to pray? Let's all stand our feet for just a moment. And we'll pray this corporately right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And everybody pray this together. Say, thy kingdom come. Let your will be done. In my life, I open and receive your leadership, your guidance, and your direction for my life. I take the Word of God and I allow it to counsel me. Lord, give me light. What I see not, help me to see. What I know not, Help me to know. know. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, I will do, do, by the grace of God, the the things that are right. The The integrity integrity that you've placed on the inside of me me will guide me me from this day forward. forward. And Lord, I'm open open to counsel counsel and advice advice as you send it. I receive your words of wisdom, words in season, with a teachable heart. And I give you praise for it. And I give you glory in Jesus' name.